the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Welcome to Monday, dear friends. We're delighted to have you along. I trust you've had a great, great weekend with a lot of good things when you went to church yesterday, and uh, we're looking forward to having this time right here every day this week, and I trust that you'll join us as much as you possibly can. For almost three solid weeks now, we've been working on the bullet points found in Psalm 37. We've looked at them one at a time, we've studied them, we've taken them to heart, and on Friday last week, we looked at the details of what I called an unsavory case study, looking at the world's man that is laid out in this uh, psalm, and uh, seeing exactly what we learned about that worldly individual. Now, we have another version of that to consider, and that is the godly man, the man who does things with the Lord and does it right. Now, we're not going to just look at the bullet points for their instruction, but we're going to look at this one like a case study as well. It's going to be like a biography of the godly man. And it's going to take us a couple of days to work through this, but I want you to see indeed how the Lord lays this out, gives us mandates that really should help us. He doesn't mention anybody by name here. This is not an actual person that he's talking about, but it's actual instructions for every individual one of us. So what he's telling us here, whenever he lays all of these instructions out, he's simply saying, believe this and be this way, and your biography is going to be incredible. It's going to be adorable. It's going to be admirable. So I'm going to call this study an incredible case study, and I think it is absolutely incredible because as we consider both the provisions that the Lord makes for the godly man and the promises that he makes to us, I'm telling you, we simply need to get on board here. We need to lay ourselves down on the altar and surrender ourselves to be exactly what the Lord would have us to be. So here we go. Let's look at it. We're talking about an incredible case study of the godly man that the Lord would have every one of us to be. So we look at the first point to be made here in verse number three, where he says, trust in the Lord. Now, folks, everything begins at this point. If we put our faith in the crucified and risen Christ, the Lord births us into his family. We become a child of God. And when we do that, we are immediately in a position to have things because we are in the family. And the Lord tells us it's so important that we put faith where faith ought to be put, and that is to trust him. And so whenever you and I think about getting ourselves out of the world, getting ourselves out of the worldly way, getting ourselves on track with the Lord, we are then in a position to literally look to the Lord and just simply say, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to let you give me instructions about how things ought to go. You may remember when you were growing up, and I hope you were in a good family. I hope you had parents who loved you and took good care of you. And if you didn't, uh, please bear with me here for just a moment. But some of us did. We had parents who gave us instruction, who gave us counsel. And I remember so well 
and especially with my dad, whenever he spoke, I mean, it was like thunder in my ears. I wanted to hear what he had to say, and I listened to it, and I'm glad even as a child that I was willing to let dad guide me. He was ahead of me, and I knew that even then. And listen, these are important things for all of us, and whenever you become a Christian, you need to listen to your Heavenly Father and just trust Him. You may not understand everything, but trust Him. You may not have all of it figured out yet, but trust Him. And that is the beginning of the good things that the Lord would have you to do in building an incredible biography, an incredible case study of your own life. The second thing that is noted there in verse 3, he tells us not only to trust in the Lord, but then he says, and do good. Now, what he's talking about here is just do right. Just do those things that are right to do. Now, again, how do I know what's right? Well, I look in the Bible and I find out. I read the Ten Commandments. I read the book of Proverbs. I look at the epistles in the New Testament, and I'm going to learn about right and wrong. I'm going to get that figured out pretty quickly on a lot of things. And even when I run onto something that I don't have quite figured out, I can get a concordance or whatever, check with it, see what the Bible has to say on that subject, and then I will know what I'm supposed to do. You know, most of the time, and especially once you become a Christian, most of the time you're going to be able to figure out what right is and what wrong is. Your gray zone is going to shrink a great deal whenever you really begin to listen to the Lord and let Him guide you in your life. You're going to know almost immediately about a lot of things, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And what the Lord tells us here is, if you're going to build an incredible biography for your own life. You're going to have to figure out the good things and just do them. That is of ultra importance. That same third verse goes on then to tell us, not only do we trust in the Lord and do good, but he says, so shalt thou dwell in the land. And I think what he's telling us here is, we will have a dwelling place. We will have, in effect, a roof over our heads, and we will build a life that is uh, really a great place to live. It's a great place to be. Sometimes, you know, we say, well, I wish I lived in Tennessee, or I wish I lived in uh, Montana, or I wish I lived in Texas, or some other place like that. And we all have those kind of things sometimes that we dream about, because maybe we like the mountains and we're not in the mountains, or maybe we like the open spaces and the open prairie, and we're not in that part of the country. And we often dream about, oh, if I just live there. Or sometimes we see people doing well in a particular area, and it's like, man, if I could just move there. Well, dear friends, the fact is, when you and I trust the Lord, and whenever we begin to live by the good principles that God's given us, and we just do right, the dwelling that you have, wherever that is, can be special, it can be good, it can be right. I mean, some of you that listen to me every day, you're in a part of the land where that the snow gets ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep at certain times during the year. And a lot of the rest of us, we're not snowbirds. We just really don't care for that a whole lot. But others of you, you do that and you're right there and you live in that. And listen, wherever that you are, you may be down in the sunshine of the deep south or you may be in the northern sectors where that it does have winter a good part of the year. Listen, whatever the case Trust the Lord, do good, and the Bible says you can dwell in that land. You can do well where that you are. You can do well where you are planted if you will simply listen to the Lord, pay attention to Him. Now, that verse goes on to say, verse uh, number 3 tells us in the last part of that verse, And verily thou shalt be fed. 
Now, I think what we're looking at here is whenever you and I listen to the Lord, number one, we're going to decide to go to work when work time comes. We're not going to be laying out somewhere just uh, hoping somebody will do something for us. We're not going to be in this spirit of entitlement that has gotten hold of so many people out in the world. But instead, we're going to get up, we're going to go to work, and we're going to do those things that uh, our health and strength will allow us to do. And uh, really, you're not going to be hungry. You're going to be fed. You're going to be able to sit down to a table and eat every time that your uh, body tells you that it's time to take in some fuel. And it's just a matter of the work ethic and doing what you can do to put food on the table. And listen, the Lord does tell us oh so often how that we ought to live, how we ought to work, how we ought to get up and get going and do the things that we're able to do. Sometimes people are expecting miracles and they really ought to just know the Lord's already provided them strength to go after whatever it is that they need. And I'm not opposed to miracles. I'm not opposed to the Lord doing what the Lord can do when nothing else can be done. But when he has entrusted us with health and strength and ability, guess what? We ought to use those talents. We ought to use those abilities. We ought to use that strength, and we ought to do it and do what we can to feed ourselves, feed our family, etc. And the Bible says here, get on board, do things the Lord's way, and you will be fed, and you will be well fed. I like that. I like the sound of that. I think it's just right. And I think it's the makings of happiness for you and your family. Now, if you drop down to verse 4, here's a fifth point to be made in this incredible case study, this incredible biography that we are building. Verse number 4, the opening part of that verse says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. So what I'm looking for here is, and what the Lord's telling us to do, He's saying to us, Listen, don't just do what you do, but delight in the doing of it. Get it into your heart, dear friend. Sometimes, you know, people go to church and they go because, well, it's 10 o'clock on Sunday morning and it's what we do. And they drag in and they sit there and they endure it and they really don't have their heart in it. Well, uh, hey, listen, whether you got your heart in it or not, I think you ought to be there. But at the same time, the fact is when you get your heart in it, oh, you're going to get a whole lot more out of it. And you go in expecting things to happen, and you say, well, our preacher may not be the greatest preacher in the world. Well, probably not. I mean, who can decide who that is or what that is? But at the same time, uh, you say, well, our church is not the most exciting place on the planet. Well, I think you probably need to stop being an analyst and just determine that you're going to go in, and you're going to get in on the blessing, whatever the case may be. And listen, whenever you're just a critic or a crank or you're trying to figure out that somebody could do better than this or that, I'm just saying to you, dear friend, let's take delight in our walk with the Lord. Let's take delight in being in church on Sunday and Wednesday night. Let's take delight in our work and service for the Lord. And uh, really, a lot of folks never get to the delightful stage, and they're missing out on so many special blessings that would come if they would just get that delight in their life. And what we're talking about here, remember, this is not a ho-hum biography. This is not one of those status quo situations. We're talking about an incredible bio. We're talking about an incredible case study here, something that is above the norm, above the average, something that is really on the top side, not just digging down in the dregs, but on the top side. And that's why he tells us, take delight in the Lord. And when we do that, there is, of course, special things that come. Now, look at the last part of verse number four, 
for he says, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. So if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he delights in us so much so that some of the things that we want, he will see to it that we get them. He's talking about the desires of our heart. You know, it's a brand new day when you get your desire working in sync with the Lord's desire. And whenever you desire what he desires, you're going to get some of what you desire. And I'm telling you, the old carnal desires, they're always going to linger around on the edges, but you've got to keep pushing them back. You've got to keep kicking them out of the circle of influence that you have, push back on those old carnal issues, and at the same time, listen to what the Lord says do, and let him have governance and control in your life. And we look now again to verse number five, where it says, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he, watch this, and he, that is the Lord, shall bring it to pass. What we're learning here is when you and I get on board like we ought to be on board with the Lord, he gets on board and works on our behalf. He can do more things for us whenever we do what we ought to do with him and for him. It's just a special thing that the Lord promises, and he lays this out. His provisions are good, they're blessed, they're wonderful, and he promises that he will work on our behalf. He will bring it to pass. And this is the kind of thing I think we all can sign on to. It's an incredible bio. It's an incredible case study. And there's more here yet. And we'll look at it tomorrow and probably Wednesday, maybe even Thursday, till we see every one of the details of this. So I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. In the meantime, you know that I love to hear from you. So write me a note. Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, dear friends, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.